Welcome in to the Otson Audibles. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. Welcome to your Wednesday edition of the podcast. Remember, real quick, go to Oregon Ducks on 24-7 Sports. Uh, search for that on YouTube. That will bring you to our YouTube page. Make sure to like that as well because we are giving away some free subscriptions to some of the first 500 subscribers. We're right around... Just over 200 right now. So we're about halfway, getting close to halfway there. So uh, make sure to jump on that opportunity. Don't miss it. It's a free thing to do to, to win a free uh, year subscription to duckterritory.com. All right. We are running into week five of the college football season. Uh, and on this show, as you know, on Wednesdays, we make our picks for the week for the games across the Pac 12. Uh, nothing really changed in the standings between. Eric, Jared, and I. Eric still is first in the standing straight up with a record of 29 and 12, 14 and 18 against the spread. Jared still is first against the spread with a 17 and 15 record straight up. He's 27 and 14. And then I'm back behind 26 and 15 straight up, 14 and 16 against the spread. Uh, last week, week three, or excuse me, week, week four, we went uh, five and one straight up, all three of us. Uh, Eric and Jared both went three and three against the spread. I had a losing record of two and four. All right, um, let's jump into this first one here. Saturday at 11 a.m. on the Pac-12 networks, the USC Trojans go on the road to play a Colorado team. Uh, Colorado is not good. <laughs> USC, uh, they are teetering between decent and probably not good they got blown out at home last week to oregon state first time since 1960 the beavers won that game in the coliseum trojans are a seven point favorite um i guess it's probably what because of talent like, like pure well, talent. Col colorado stinks so colorado cannot score the ball either so that'll help so i i'm gonna I'm going to pick USC and to cover. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that it probably should be, like a 56 to 14 type of a game. Uh, so give me thir USC 31, Colorado 10. Yeah, I mean, Colorado has 20 points in the last three games. Yeah, they're not good. Right. You know, and so even if they were to score 20 in this game, I think they lose. Um, USC is not good on defense, though, and they've allowed 40 or more points in both their losses this year. It seems like – but that kind of makes me think the way you you beat them is outscoring them, and I don't think Colorado's got the team to do that. <laughs> um, so I am going – very similar score to you, Matt. I have Colorado scoring a little bit more. I was trying to be optimistic here, in part because I don't think USC is great on defense. So I'm going USC 31, Colorado 20. Um, strangely, like USC offensively, I feel like Jackson Dart, like the offense was much better with him against – Washington State, and then it was with Keaton Slovis last week. Slovis had three picks. So it's a weird deal where the backup I actually think might be better than the, the starter, and you actually kind of wish the, start, the, the starter wasn't out there, but that's what it is. And I don't think he's been that impressive, but I still think they'll win. Yeah, I don't know what to make of USC yet. Uh, I, I agree with you, Eric, where I thought that Jackson Dart was better than Keaton Slovis running that offense. However, I do know what to make of Colorado. Colorado has a good defense, and they cannot score. So I have USC covering. I got them winning 38 to 14. Uh, I think they, they're they just obviously the more talented team. They're just going to put up enough points to clearly win this game. 
I have just zero faith in Colorado getting above 20, I guess, I think is the max, maybe 21 since it's three touchdowns. But yeah, they, they cannot produce on offense and that's going to be their Achilles heel all year long. So they'll move to a nice one and four on the season. USC 38, Colorado 14. Washington State, the next game on the Pac-12 networks for start of three straight for them, for that channel. Uh, Washington State on the road at Cal. And correct me if I'm wrong, should Washington State have won last week at, at Utah? Like, eh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Utah was really bad. It made a lot of mistakes, and Washington State was in it. But, like, the better team, I think, won. I think. Well, Cougars are just over a touchdown underdog at California. This really surprises me because just like Colorado, it feels like Cal can't score either. Like their offense isn't that spectacular either. And and neither team is living up to expectations going into this one. Um, Cal kind of hung with Washington and had a, they went to overtime and, they fumbled in overtime near the goal line, uh, and that was the end of the game. Uh, you could argue maybe they, they could have beat Washington, but is Washington that good of a football team? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think Cal is going to win this game, but it's not really going to be one to write home about. I, I would be really upset if I was covering this game because I just don't think that they're, either of these teams are very good. So give me Cal – 24, Washington State. I'm struggling here. 20. The hard thing this year is usually you kind of use the transitive property to be like, okay, this team beat that team, and therefore we know something. I have no idea what any of these outcomes mean because I just think everyone's like kind of around the same. Um, From week to week, just just like we talked about Oregon being inconsistent, this Pac-12 has been really inconsistent, Um, mostly not in a good way. all, here, here's here's what here's what my logic is. I also have Cal, and actually have been covering. All three of Cal's losses have been by seven points or less. They've played pretty good teams in those games too. Um, losses to Nevada, to TCU, to Washington. All those teams I think are are going to be like bowl eligible kind of teams this year. I would expect, and and all those teams like have some talent. Washington State, on the other hand, got boat raced by USC without its starting quarterback. They lost by 11 last week. They lost to Utah State, who's not as good as Nevada. So I just think they're a step below. Um, the quarterback stuff still makes me nervous. Um, Rolovich said that Jaden Delora, who's their better quarterback, is closer to return, but no clarity if he will. Max Borgi won't play. Um, and then just the quarterback combos. I just wrote this down here, not to go too much into this, but Delora, six touchdowns, two picks. Garantano, the replacement, the Tennessee transfer, one touchdown, three picks right now. Um, I think it's going to be Garantano playing, and that means I don't think Washington State's offense is going to be good enough to score very much. I have Cal 28-19. Yeah, I'm on the same boat with the with Garantano playing. I don't think he's good enough to really lead them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Cal, kind of, Cal, Cal honestly impressed me last week against Washington. I did think Washington was the better team going in, but you know, bringing them to overtime and and coming so close to forcing a second overtime and potentially winning um, – I think they're a, a more talented team than their record indicates. Do I think they could have won more games? Maybe, but I do think that they're not a bad Pac-12 team. And I do think Washington State is a bad Pac-12 team. So I have Cal covering. I have them winning 28-17. Um, 
yeah, I just don't anticipate Washington State being able to go against Cal's defense and really put up any points. The uh, third game of the Pac-12 triple header this coming week is a 6 p.m. contest, Washington at Oregon State. Uh, Huskies have won two games in a row now. They are 2-2 two and two on the season, kind of maybe in ugly fashion, you know, riding the ship here a little bit and, and getting themselves closer to what many people expected out of them. Um, Oregon State, they are 3-1 and one on the season. They have three straight blowout wins under their belts. They are really coming on here. And uh, Chance Nolan is by far probably – is he the most impressive quarterback in the conference right now? Like him or Tanner um, McKee maybe? Yeah, I think he and McKee possibly. I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks. Um, I mean, no, I don't – yeah, I think that's probably kind of fair. It's, it's not mm-hmm. been a great year for quarterbacks. It wasn't no. going to be anyway, and he's, but he's been really good. And the Beaver offense has been really good. I mean, they, they blew out the Trojans in the Coliseum this past weekend. I just – I think Oregon State, they're going to be that team, I think, where they're probably not this good, but they end up with a record that far exceeds their talent. Like – it wouldn't surprise me if Oregon State finishes the year right now nine and three. Wow, nine and three, nine and three, and like a top twenty-five team. But you look at them, and it's like I don't know how they got there because the talent's not really there, and and yet here they are. Um, so give me Oregon State. I think they they win, and I think this Oregon State team is is going to cover in a big way as well. Give me Oregon State thirty-seven. Washington, I think they're going to struggle moving the football consistently with Oregon State. So Oregon State 37, Washington 27. By the way, I think this is the craziest gambling line shift I've ever seen. It opened at Washington minus four. 48 hours later, Oregon State's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's like a seven-point swing almost in 48 hours. That's pretty good. I mean, all the money's clearly coming in on Oregon State right now. and I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't bet that way, actually. <laughs> I, I'm going the other direction. Um, can't take anything away from Nolan. And, and, Lin, and I think, by the way, the, the kind of a cool story here has been that Ty John Lindsay actually living up to some of the hype as, an, as a recruit. Last couple of weeks, he's been really good. Last game against USC, he get a couple of touchdowns, 100 yards receiving. Um, since Nolan's been elevated to the starter full time, and remember, he wasn't in that loss to Purdue. Nine touchdowns, two picks. That's really great. I think my concern here is Washington secondary is very, very, very good. I would argue it's the second best in the conference behind Oregon. And I think because of that, Oregon State better be ready for B.J. Baylor to have a great day. And I think he can. Right? Washington was not good on the run against the run the first two weeks. I think they've gotten a little better um, against Cal even they had some issues. But I think this one comes down to, like, can Oregon State consistently beat Washington secondary? And I don't know if they will be able to. I think both teams are going to score a little bit. Oregon State has been better defensively than I think a lot of people expected. I'm still not sold on some of it. Um, give me Washington 37, Oregon State 34. And, and what is a really, really fun back-and-forth close game, kind of a classic game. Um, I have Washington winning on like a last-second field goal. Mm. That's that's quite the high-scoring game. I don't know if it will go that high-scoring. 
I actually have Oregon State winning and covering 35-24. I think it'll be – the game itself will be much closer than the score indicates. Uh, I think it'll be extremely competitive basically all the way through this, like the first half of the fourth quarter. I just am not 100% sold on Washington's ability to move the ball yet. Uh, they haven't shown anything where, other than Jalen McMillan, who's been tremendous for them this season, and depending on if Cade Otten is good to go, we're still not sure on that. Uh, he was in COVID protocols last week and missed the game against Cal. I just I don't have a lot of faith in their offense, but on Oregon State side, with Chance Nolan and and I think their running game can actually become a real factor here against Washington. Um, so with that, I'm I'm going to take Oregon State to win. I'm going to take them to cover too. By I think way, minus though, two and a half is a gift. Sorry, I was just going to say. By the way, the Washington replacement tight end is Devin Culp, who is a former Oregon commitment from a while ago. He actually played pretty well against Cal. Little fact. Um, BJ Baylor is second in the conference, or first in the conference in rushing yards, I believe. Mm-hmm. 422 on just 61 carries. Um, Seven a carry. Had, yeah, that's pretty good. And <laughs> he's had some pretty ridiculous games so far against USC, 158, and then against Hawaii at 171. And on the other end of the spectrum against Purdue, he had 24 yards rushing. So um, he's certainly someone to, to watch as this plays out. I, right. I, I think uh, the last change. game – Go ahead. I just think I think he determines the game. If it's closer to Purdue, they're not going to win. If it's what he did the last couple games you talked about, then then they'll probably win and they'll probably cover in a score similar to what you're saying. Right. They're like, I I think that's by far this is by far the biggest game in the Pac-12 outside of Oregon at Stanford. Um, probably the one I'm most interested in watching play out, or maybe this one, this next game too. Like, I just don't think Arizona State's very good. But let's segue into this one. Saturday at 7.30 on FS1, uh, ASU at number 20 UCLA. Arizona State has looked tremendous at home, but they haven't played anyone with a pulse at home in their three games. And the one time they've left Sun Devil Stadium is when they went to BYU and got their asses handed to them and was beyond sloppy. Um, UCLA, I thought, showed us a lot. Uh, by going to Stanford last week and winning in the manner that they did. Um, They had basically control of the entire game. And I understand Stanford had three of their four running backs out with COVID protocols and other players were not in the game and and whatnot. But UCLA showed that they were probably closer to that top 15 ranking than – a team that's going to be fighting for bowl eligibility, and at least in my eyes. Um, so I, I think this game being back at the Rose Bowl, uh, I think you, you could probably see a pretty good crowd at the Rose Bowl for this game. Arizona State will bring some fans, but I think UCLA has done enough to sustain some of the momentum from that LSU win, um, even though they lost to Fresno State uh, two weeks later. Uh, so give me – I think UCLA wins, and I don't think it's going to be close here. I just don't think ASU is a very good team. So give me UCLA 42, Arizona State 20. Mm. It's kind of interesting on the line. It's three and a half for UCLA at home, which means if this was neutral, they're basically saying it's a pick 'em. Yeah. I don't get because UCLA's, I think, been far more impressive thus far. Um, 
I, I understand like, okay, maybe, maybe there's some hype for what Arizona State has from like a talent perspective and expectations preseason. I just haven't seen a lot that leads me to believe they're they're there yet. They were pretty impressive against Colorado, which I think has a decent defense. Like Jaden Daniels had some kind of wow moments as a runner um, that were kind of that were some of the more impressive things I've seen him do in a minute. But I'm kind of just with you, Matt. It's like I, I just haven't. I'm not. I'm not there yet with the Sun Devils. And if they go out and win this game, I'll have a very different opinion, I think, going into the, the next week. But I just don't know if I'm I'm there yet with them. So I have UCLA winning 41 to 28. Um, a little closer than Matt, but similar kind of score where it's it's a, probably a competitive game for a half, maybe three quarters. But I think you said they pull away late. I'm with you guys again. I have UCLA winning 42-38. And I know the, the score seems close, but I kind of anticipate UCLA being ahead by at least two touchdowns basically all game long. Uh, I, I anticipate Arizona State scoring like a late touchdown just to make it close and maybe make a game of it. But, yeah, I just haven't really been impressed with ASU yet. Uh, I No disrespect to Colorado, but I really feel like they've only played one talented team in, in BYU. And you kind of saw their their potential holes. And I think UCLA is is still really good. I mean, that loss to Fresno State hurt them in terms of like rankings and you know being perceived as somebody who could make a New Year's New Year's six bowl. But uh, Fresno State team is really good. Uh, that's not a terrible loss for them. It's it's gonna be on their record, yeah, but they still have that LSU win, which is still an, was a great win then and still is a good win for the Pac-12 now. Uh, I think UCLA is gonna come out of this one pretty easily. Um, I, I don't think ASU is going to be able to stop them too many times. Uh, if, if Dorian Thompson Robinson plays, which we're, I, I think I'm expecting him to, I think that's what it looks like. Um, I think they're just going to be too much offense. And I don't have any faith in ASU's defensive line or, or their cornerbacks really to make a big difference. A couple, we're not going to pick these games, but I think there are some games across college football that, Need, we, we should at least mention if you're an Oregon fan, because we're at that point now where it's it's kind of, hey, let's start tracking what really impacts the race for the college football playoff um, getting into October. You've got a Friday night game where a top five Iowa team who's undefeated is going on the road to an undefeated Maryland team. That's certainly one to watch. Um I think, or, you know, if Oregon and Iowa continue to win out, uh, this is going to be – there's going to be a debate. Who is who is worthy of that number three spot, Oregon or Iowa? Um, there's also a massive top ten showdown Saturday morning, uh, 9 a.m. our time, and the game's going to be on ESPN. Undefeated number eight, Arkansas, goes on the road to number two and undefeated Georgia. And – Let's pose this question here. Arkansas wins. Mm -hmm. Do they jump Oregon even if Oregon wins? I, I kind of think they should. I think they probably – it'll be close. They'll be right there because that's three wins over what we think are good teams in A&M, Texas, and, and then Georgia. Um, Oregon has a comparable resume because I think we think Ohio State and Georgia are like probably sort of synonymous. But right. – Oregon and then Oregon, maybe you would say then that Oregon's win over Fresno State is up there with Texas, but Texas A&M, that win right there, it's hard to kind of see Oregon duplicating that. 
plus SEC bias a little bit here, I think. Yeah. Right. If Arkansas wins, which I hope they do and kind of expect them to do, Ooh. that's it. Yeah, I do. I, I I don't like Georgia's offense, and I think Arkansas really took took it to Texas A and M with a and A and M has a great defense. I know Georgia's is better, but I think it's going to be regardless a great game. Um, yeah, if they win, I think they should leapfrog Oregon like hundred percent. I think wins over Texas A and M and Georgia far surpasses Oregon's two victories over Ohio State and Fresno State. I mean, going if, if, if Arkansas State, if Arkansas wins, excuse me, going to Athens, that's a huge win. I know it was neutral site last week in their win over AM, but going to Athens, beating Georgia in their house, number two team in the country, that's massive. They should hopefully leapfrog Oregon in that case. From a like, what does Oregon want perspective? I would think Oregon probably wants Georgia to win this game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would think. Yeah. I think it's like at this point in the season, it's so early though. It's like, it's kind oh, of like, right. you don't know what's going to happen. But like right now, from my perspective, yeah, I think you'd want Georgia to win probably. Yeah. I, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like just a, a now perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, another big game to, to kind of monitor, which will be kicking off at 1130 on NBC. Number seven, Cincinnati at number nine, Notre Dame. And there's two things here. Um, Cincinnati is a group of five team. And they looked really good last year in a bowl game. And they could, you know, if, if in a New Year's Six bowl game, and if they get into a position where they're undefeated, you know, this is probably who, if, if Oregon, if we're just really like, hey, long-term best case scenario, this is probably who Oregon would want to face. Like Oregon stays undefeated. They get to that number two slot in the college football playoff because Alabama and Georgia play each other. Um, and the loser is the four, what have you, you want probably Cincinnati to, to go undefeated too, right? And get into that three spot for a two-three matchup there. But there's also Notre Dame. I think both of these teams are beatable for, you know, very beatable for Oregon. Um, but it's nonetheless one that's interesting to watch and that will carry a lot of weight nationally from a lot of talking points as well. Yeah, it's one where I think that those, those are the two teams I mentioned, I think, a couple of weeks ago that could play spoiler if Oregon drops one game and they're undefeated just yeah. because I think the, the, they both have, will have a resume. This, this, the winner of this game will have a very high quality win. At least it looks that way now. Um, I don't know if you're Oregon, if you really have a preference, it's kind of just more like one of the teams is sort of out of the discussion. Yeah. The other team is back in the discussion and, and maybe that team that wins gets pretty close to Oregon, but I don't think either have the resume really to deserve to leap Oregon. Um, so I don't anticipate that being an issue. Again, if, as long as Oregon takes care of business, I don't think they're going to be jumped by many teams. And I don't think either of those teams really has the, the wins to do it. Because for Cincinnati, it's like, okay, they beat – it's to say they win. They beat Notre Dame. The rest of their schedule is sort of meh. And if you're, if you're Notre Dame, I know they have a couple of impressive wins, at least on paper. But, like, Florida State doesn't look very good right now. And Wisconsin is – I don't know what to make of Wisconsin because I think they're probably better than their record, but like that kind of fell apart against Notre Dame. So I think it's an interesting game. I don't think Oregon has a preference. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing both of those teams going undefeated, just how the way college football is this year. It's just an absolute mess. Um, I would like to go back to Arkansas real quick. Sure. I don't, I think I've changed my opinion on who who Oregon wants to win. I don't think they care 
because Arkansas and Georgia still have to go through the SEC ringer. Like Arkansas plays at Georgia this week. Next week goes to Mississippi State, the number 12 ranked team in the country. And then four weeks later, a month later, they have to go play Alabama. So you look at Georgia, they'll have to play Alabama and LSU and, and probably Texas A&M. I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but they'll probably have to go through all of that too. So I think it's a great, it's a fantastic matchup week five. But in the SEC, you can win that game and it's going to be a great on your resume, but you got to go through Alabama at one point and you have to go through another top 15 team just like Ole Miss is this year. And I think Ole Miss and Arkansas, hypothetically, if Arkansas <laughs> wins, that's going to be a hell of a game. In in Mississippi, I don't know. I, at this point, I don't think Oregon really cares about that one. Can, I think it'll be interesting to watch. Can I change my mind on Notre Dame-Cincinnati? Because we're just changing our minds. Sure. Flip, let's do it. Do you want to redo all the picks too? Yeah, let's just redo all of it. Let's just flip the order on every single thing. Matt, restart the podcast. Let's, let's, let's so, start over. What I was going to say is if you – I was just looking at the schedules – Notre Dame is a lot more susceptible to lose down the stretch than Cincinnati would be. So I actually think if you're Oregon, you might want Notre Dame to win this game because I think Notre Dame could could lose a couple of games down the stretch. Cincinnati playing in the uh, American Conference doesn't have a whole lot coming up that I go, they might lose that game. This would probably be the – this is the biggest test probably on the season, actually. A couple other games real quick to jump in on. Number 12, Ole Miss, is at number one, Alabama. That's the game of the week on CBS. Same time – as Oregon uh, and Stanford, probably the entire country will be watching this game. Um, I'll be really curious. It's going to be a good test. I think, A, if Alabama just destroys them, that will tell us a lot about how good Alabama is this year. And and I also think, you know, it could also tell us how, if Alabama's got any kinks in their armor because – Ole Miss is pretty good. Uh, their offense is pretty good. Lane Kiffin's always got that team moving. Matt Corral is an experienced quarterback. Um, can Ole Miss keep it close into the fourth quarter and pull off the upset? That will be one certainly to watch. I don't think there's any real order here of who you want to win or who you don't want to win. Um, in my mind, uh, I think Alabama is the best team in the country, so it really doesn't matter. But it. This is just going to be one where I, I wish we could just sit down and, and watch this one because there's a lot of dudes in this game. Can I paint a fun hypothetical? Sure. Please. What if Alabama and both Georgia lose and Oregon wins? Ooh. Are they number one? And that's what I'm asking. What happens? In that scenario, probably, I would think so. Gets kind of anticipating. I don't think Arkansas would jump all the way to one. No. Some spots? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what are the other options here? Like Penn State's playing Indiana, and that's a, that'd be a good win, but that's not worthy of jumping three spots. Just yeah. interesting. Just, yeah. just to think about it. Who knows? Other game real quick. Uh, Ohio State travels on the road to a 3-1 Rutgers team who kept it really close with Michigan last week um just like i did for clemson nc state i didn't i didn't say clemson would lose but i definitely said they were on upset watch you know, if they weren't careful i think that's the same case here with ohio state they should blow Rutgers out they are almost a 16 point favorite but 
if Ohio State doesn't control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball and allows Rutgers to kind of make this a uh, rock fight, you know, grind it out type of performance, they could find themselves in the fourth quarter in a very close game where anything could, could happen at that point. I'll tell you who Oregon definitely wants Ohio State to win this game. Yes. Very badly. This would be a really bad loss for Oregon's resume because suddenly Ohio State goes from being, that's the best win in the country to being like, is that even that good of a win? Yeah. Yeah. So, go Bucks. Go, go Bucks. No and Scarlet then, Knights. No. The last game that we need to pay attention to is Oklahoma at Kansas State. Um, Sooners haven't looked good all year. This is on the road in Manhattan. I think Kansas State's going to be without their starting quarterback, though. Yeah. Um, potentially. Spencer Rattler has looked awful. Um, Another one of those games where it's Oklahoma should win. I mean, they're a 10-and-a-half-point favorite, but it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of get knocked off by Kansas State as well, considering how bad Oklahoma has looked. Kansas State winning that game would be great for Oregon for a couple of reasons. Knocks off Oklahoma, but also strengthens a win over Stanford because Kansas State beat Stanford the, the first game. So that would be maybe not the worst outcome for Oregon. I don't think – that one I don't feel real confident is happening, but – yeah. Oklahoma's looked really hasn't. Oklahoma's actually looked a lot worse than Oregon, actually. Even though both teams are still unbeaten, you know, in terms of just they haven't put anyone away. I mean, Oregon fans complain about them not putting one, anyone away. I mean, Oklahoma's playing one-score games almost with everybody, and a lot of those teams aren't very good. We don't think they they're are. playing. Yeah, they're playing one-score games every week, yeah. and they they beat West Virginia on a game-winning field goal. And no disrespect to West Virginia, but I don't think they're nearly competitive enough to, to hang with Oklahoma for a full game, literally a full game. So, yeah, Matt, I kind of agree with you on on Kansas State potentially pulling the upset. Uh, I mean, the only issue is that their starting quarterback is out. Um, I have I have one game that I'm going to personally keep an eye on, and that's Boston College and Clemson. Uh, I, can see, I can see Clemson maybe dropping to two and three already on the season. Uh, so that would be – that would be really, really impressive to see Clemson go from being like this college football playoff contender start of the year to being two and three after five weeks. Can I make DJ a suggestion? Has, DJU has under 600 passing yards in four games. It's hard to do. His numbers are worse than Anthony Brown's. Oh, so, I mean, like, they truly are. But like, I know, and I don't try to mean that as an Anthony Brown's playing bad. I'm just trying to say that a lot of fans are have been frustrated at the quarterback position and the guy who's literally been inked to a Dr. Pepper deal is <laughs> awful at, at, at playing quarterback right now. I wanted to make one suggestion since we're getting to conference play and there's less games to pick, so we're spending some time here. Why don't we each week pick one upset that would help Oregon? Just kind of like, which one do we think kind of could happen? Sure. So I'll, I guess I'll go first. Um, and, and I'm going to pick Arkansas. Ooh. Mm. Now, Jared, you've already also said you're picking Arkansas, so I feel bad, but that's just the one I feel best about. No, picking. I can. I have another game I could pick. Then, all right, well then, do it. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, I really like Arkansas. For those who haven't watched them, they're they're a kind of feel like a team from like the an older school team. They just pound the rock against you. They're they're defensively they're they're equipped enough to to stop you from running, and they just kind of win the line of scrimmage. It's kind of a, almost kind of feels like a team that Mario Cristobal would like to coach. It's like that kind of similar dynamic, and I think that's Sam Pittman. Former offensive lineman. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll go. Uh, my pick. I have Kentucky over Florida. Hmm. 
Ooh. I think that's going to help Oregon down the line because if Florida, you know, Florida wins this game and they go the distance, then I mean, they they hung tough with Alabama, so they might they might meet again in the SEC title game. But if they lose to Kentucky, no sir, no sir. Uh, I'm going to go into the Big Ten country and I'm going to pick Maryland pulling off the upset at home against Iowa. Hawkeyes are just a three and a half point favorite um, in this one. And Maryland has a win over West Virginia. Um, They struggled against Illinois and only won that game by three, but they put up 62 points against Howard. They, you know, put away Kent State 37 to 16. Iowa State last week struggled against Colorado State, had a similar performance against Kent State as what um, Maryland did. So they won by 10 at Iowa State, but I don't think Iowa State's as good as maybe anticipated this season for whatever reason. So give me give me that Friday night upset. That tends to always happen once or twice a year, a Friday night home dog beats an up, you know, beats a ranked opponent. So give me, give me Maryland to be the first one on a Friday night to claim such a big win like that. Matt, we just figured I, out what we're going to be watching at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We'll check it out. I, I like that pick because I was good. Don't get me wrong, but I think that their best win over Iowa state, I don't put a lot of stock into that because Iowa state had like one of the worst turnover games you'll ever see. Like they, that was a, it was four or five. They had just terrible interceptions. They fumbled. It was a fumble, fumble six. I don't know what we call that. We can't call it a pick six. But no. you know, Brees Hall is one of like the best running backs in the country. Fumbles at like the four yard line, and then their own four yard line. So Iowa just picks it up and walks into the end zone. So I like that pick. I really do because I I was hasn't shown that they can put guys away. They haven't shown that they can just you know beat beat another team that they should forty two to fifteen. So I, I think that'll be a close one. And they're on, only three-and-a-half-point favorites, too. Like, this is the number five team in the country going yeah. into Maryland. No disrespect to Maryland. Go Terps. But still, it's Maryland. Yeah, I, I, I will wins because it forces turnovers. If they have a game where that doesn't happen, right? we'll see. Sounds like, sounds like Oregon. <laughs> sounds like Oregon. Sounds like Oregon. <laughs> All right. It's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Odds and Audibles podcast. As Always, our Oregon prediction will be released on Friday as part of the ultimate preview show that we do. Um, so keep your tabs on that. Make sure to also go on YouTube and search Oregon Ducks on 24-7 Sports. And you can find us there for all of this discussion as well. And make sure to like that page because it's free. And if you're one of the first 500 people to like the channel, uh, you'll be entered into an opportunity to win a free one-year subscription to DuckTerritory.com. All right, until we are back on the show for Thursday, we'll have Jackson Moore on from 24-7 Sports to preview the Stanford game. He covers the Cardinal, um, so keep your eyes on that. And until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you there, folks. Peace.